Hi there, everyone. I'm Fox News Roop Raj. On the December 14th edition of Let It Rip, is it threatening speech or hate speech? The debate about anti-Semitic speech and any hate speech on college campuses heating up as college presidents are on the hot seat in Congress. We have a local college president who has some interesting ideas and some criticism to the left from the left. We'll explain. Also, the impeachment inquiry against President Biden. Is this just a witch hunt or revenge or is this legitimate? We take that on with Republicans and Democrats. And with that, let's let it rip. Tonight on Let It Rip, the House launches an impeachment probe against President Biden. No surprise, along party lines. It's all centered around his family's business dealings, especially the president's son, Hunter. Republicans say they need the inquiry to gather more evidence, but Democrats say it's a sham. We're breaking down both sides and how it could impact the next election. But first, protests surrounding the Israel-Hamas war on college campuses, reigniting a different debate. How do colleges stop threatening speech while protecting free speech. Our Let It Rip panel is taking on this delicate balance. It all starts right now. And so now it is time to let it rip with Oakland University President Dr. Ora Peskovitz, Crisis Comms Consultant Matt Friedman, State Representative Noah Arbit, and Fox 2 Anchor Notary Charlie Langton. Good to see all of you. Thanks for joining us. We only have a short time, so let's let it rip and we'll begin. Uh, I know, Dr. Peskovitz, whenever I call you that, you say, call me Ora, but for the sake of TV and the respect that you deserve, we will call you Dr. Peskovitz on the air here tonight. But the question that I have is you heard Dr. Claudine Gay of Harvard, you heard the University of Pennsylvania professor and the MIT professor testify, essentially failing to denounce threats of violence and anti-Semitism uh, against Jews, uh, and, and the violence specifically talking about genocide against Jews. And when asked the question, Dr. Claudine Gay says it depends on the context. When you watched that hearing, what would you have said if you were asked the same question? I would have said that it was very important for those presidents to condemn the statements that those um, students had made and others had made on their campuses, and that although it is very important to protect free speech, it's also possible for the presidents to have free speech. And they needed to condemn hate speech on their campuses, and that's what they did not do. And that's where the failure is in your eyes. But when you look at the condemnation of threats of violence, if somebody said that I want to kill uh, on a sign, all Indian people, and the Indian people are walking by, I'm just using me as an example, I would feel threatened enough to say that this is a threat against me, but you're saying that's not necessarily the case when it comes to the protection of free speech on campus. It is possible to say something generically, and that is actually potentially allowed, but that doesn't mean that we should allow it to go un unspoken about. We've got to condemn that speech. And it's up to the leaders to say that it is not something that should go unprotected. And, and, and it's got to be condemned. And you know, if you look at what happened on those campuses, there was a lot of speech that had been condemned. And that's why there was so much hypocrisy about it. And that's why people were so furious. And it deserved to get the uproar that, that happened. Okay, so let's go to Representative Noah Arbett, who has uh, been involved for his entire life, even as a student and beyond now as a lawmaker, in protecting the rights of people and also understanding free speech. But let's get to that point. In Harvard in 2022, uh, there was, in the anti-bias training, some violations they talked about. 
They actually got people for fat phobia using the wrong pronouns. They called that abusive. Yet here we are with people calling for the genocide of Jews, and that went as, depending on the context, do you see a problem here? Well, I certainly think it's a it's a double standard that you know wouldn't be acceptable to your point um, under any other circumstances. And I think the problem is 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 what is the threshold that that we're using to talk about these things, right? Uh, the culpability for for criminal for criminal culpability is extremely high. You know, speech has to meet the. Uh, you know, as working on hate crime legislation, I know this very well, it has to meet what's called a true threat. None of this, you know, probably meets that very crucial definition of a true threat. Calling for the killing of a group of people no, is not a true threat. Unfortunately, hate speech is protected right. constitutionally. But the problem is, and I think Dr. Peskovitz makes this, uh, you know, point very well, is that it has to be called out. There has to be social consequences. Because, you know, college campuses are supposed to be places where um, freedom of speech, rigorous intellectual um, interrogation is is not just tolerated but cherished and instead when when speech becomes you know is devolved into hate speech and discrimination and harassment when it becomes that every person on campus suffers so the leadership has a moral but also uh, an imperative as part of their jobs to call it out and say that this does not stand on our campus when we're talking about Jews when we're talking about Muslims when we're talking about any type of community on campus I want to get to Matt Friedman in a moment about some of the statements that these colleges put out and these university leaders put out after they're on Congress in a moment. But, Charlie, you're the lawyer in the room here. I got to ask you, uh, someone calls for the killing of an entire group of people waving a sign around as they're walking around campus, protected? No. Why? Absolutely not. If you look at the hypothetical that was given to these college professors, they were advocating the genocide, which is the killing of an entire race. How is that possibly protected speech? It is a, it's threatening, it is, it's a harassment, it's not protected speech. I think the answers were wrong, and I think the question was good. And I don't believe on Oakland University's campus that you would allow a sign saying, let's kill all the Jews. Well, hold on, hold let's on, hold on, hold on. Well, I'm I'm tell you, just on the university just campus, saying. there are signs that say, from the river to the See, which has been interpreted by many as exactly that, the calling of genocide, and it is allowed on the campus, and the reason is because? Well, let me give you that as an example, because that, it depends, people use different interpretations of that. If you say that to me, though, it does mean to me genocide. And, and so you wouldn't allow it. We, we actually would allow it. Oh, and so this really? is the problem. But let me tell you about an interesting statistic. So the Jerusalem Post did a study, and they asked 250 students what they thought of it. And 86% of them said, we support that slogan. No, we oh, would. From, the, from, the sea. Just, from the river to the sea. But then they asked them, That's a different question. That's which different. river? and which sea, and they couldn't name the river, and they couldn't name the but sea. But Dr. Peskowitz, if somebody said on a sign at Oakland University, yes. Yes. we call for the genocide of Jews or the killing but of all happening? Indian, or yeah. but if it did, but this is an important question, if, because river to the sea to some people is exactly and that. And it certainly I see it is to me, and it is to you, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. But, but, answer, but the question is, but, if I have a sign at Oakland University, Charlie, you are a nation of laws. If, if you put you have it, to be. If you you're put, okay with that, too? 
I'm not okay with We're that. not okay with it. And that's is it protected speech? That's the only issue. It, and that's what they're is. saying. Is I it, can, but we I have to call it out. I want to get, I want to get to Matt. It doesn't criminally. I want to get to Matt Friedman here. This is a crisis in communications. This is a crisis communications expert, a guru, who, by the way, is a former Fox 2 uh, intern here, so we're very proud <laughs> of you. Never an anchor. <laughs> Never an anchor. No, but you are an expert. I want to ask you, uh, you wrote an editorial where you basically called out these professors for a very different reason. They came out and meekishly, and I will say it, cowardly, came out and would not commit to anything, not even the condemnation in their own personal right to say, I don't think this is good. They were dancing a politically correct line to try to please everybody, and at the end, what did they fail at the most? They failed, and it's something that I talk to clients about all the time before they have to be interviewed. And by the way, congressional testimony is much more difficult now sure. than being interviewed because these politicians are looking for these moments. Used to be that a congressional hearing was some, for something like Watergate or Iran Contra, and now they're viral moments in our society. Uh, too many executives, CEOs, presidents, worry about the tough questions and forget how to nail the easy ones. And to a great extent, this was an easy question. They had a chance to condemn calls for genocide. What would be, Instead, what, what should Dr. Claudine Gay have said? They danced around this legal code of conduct issue, and it, all it did was irritate people. I think it's a symptom of a bigger problem that we've talked about on this show before, which is that elected officials, CEOs, college presidents, and many others are so insulated from having to answer questions. We're in an era now of statements, of emailed interviews where they have control through email of their answers, of very filtered Q&A opportunities, even with their own employees. And this is new, isn't it, Matt? This, this is, is the, in last the last 10 years, 10 or 15 right? years that you're going to see more and more executives, unless they're prepared, unless they're committed to it, embarrass themselves in viral videos as these presidents did. Let's talk so, about what Dr. Claudine Gay said following her trip back to Cambridge, Massachusetts after her hearing in Washington. She said, I am sorry, words matter. I should have said threats to Jewish students have no place here and it will never go unchallenged. Why? Dr. Peskovitz, didn't this woman, this brilliant that, woman, say that in, in front of the whole country? That's what she should have said, and I agree completely with Matt. So even if it is permitted, it doesn't mean that it should go unchecked mm -hmm. and unchallenged. And I think all three of us have said exactly that same thing. We can't help it that hate speech is permitted by the First Amendment. That's the First Amendment. We don't like it, but it is permitted. But we, we, that doesn't mean that we should allow it to go unchecked and unchallenged. It's our responsibility as leaders to set the moral standard and to educate. And that's what There's we're doing. Audiences, audiences are craving leadership. Yeah. Right now, yeah, in this era of but statements I, I, and social media, posts. but I think we've got to we got to we got to narrow the question. If the question is, are the Jews committing a genocide against uh, uh, Muslims in Gaza? That's okay. That's protected speech. Yeah. Or the other way around, uh, Hamas is committing genocide against the Jews or killing Jews. That's okay. But the issue that I understood this. Do we advocate and is a protected speech where someone says, let's have some genocide against Jews? That is, I don't care what any of these <laughs> hard people okay, say. Uh, it's not protected speech. Dr. Peskovitz, I know we not. just heard from you. I want to ask Representative uh, Arbit, to you, is that protected speech? If someone says calling for the killing of a group of people. 
The Supreme Court has laid out and promulgated uh, the true threat doctrine of what it means no, to. No, they didn't. No, yes, they, they Charlie. Let's kill Charlie. 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 Okay, right now, kill black Charlie. People. What, is that what, okay? Charlie, is that what is defined as a threat is promulgated under the law, under jurisprudence, no. for decades. No, yes. No, no, no. And they just. Hold on. I cannot hold on. advocate for me. I can't Charlie, we are, we are a no. nation of laws. I'm a legislator. We have to be. I, I introduced a bill, uh, House Bill 4327. I can say your bills are going to kill people. I can say that. But Representative, if you, if you pass I, your on, bill, Charlie, you're going to kill no, people. Representative Arvin, I'm going to ask you a question, though, because if you think, take a look at what would have happened had someone said in this country where we have so many people in the black community who already feel that they're targets and marginalized in many ways by police and by institutions, if someone went on a college campus, and I know you're going to say, well, that didn't happen, but if someone did say, kill black people on a sign, you're telling me that there wouldn't be busloads of people. Of course there and, would be. But would, that would shut would it down, be. though, right? Wouldn't they shut uh, it down? Well, Shouldn't it be shut I, down? I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that. But I, here's but here's what I do know, and here's the critique I will make: is that the left has, for the longest time, failed to include in, inside its circle of responsibility to protect marginalized communities the Jewish people. And as a Jew, as a Democrat, that offends me greatly. The left needs to expand its circle of marginalized communities to understand that the Jewish community has been the, on the front lines of every movement for justice in the history of this country. Civil rights, gay rights, women's rights, every movement. The Jewish community <laughs> has been on the I'm front saying. lines. I, but, but here's the problem. That's what I'm protecting but here's them the, under but, my theory. But, but we I only have about that. 40 seconds but left. Problem, One more thought here. But the here. problem is, no. is that the law is different no, from what it should no, be. No. Well, yes, it Charlie, is. Let's we not, have we're we're, we're going to not have a chance to talk no. to these two for a moment. So if you could do some final thoughts, well, Dr. Peskovitz. When Peskovets. the speech incites violence, which is yes. what you're saying, Correct. then it is no longer protected. Correct. And that's when it is unlawful. Correct. And when a sign and says, let's kill Jews, that crosses that line. When in it my, incites in my violence, uh, it is Dr. no Peskovets, longer protected. But Dr. do you wait for someone to do something about the sign before that's you call That's when the margin is blurry. Gotcha. And that's the problem. Matt, a final thought with you. I want to know. What, what for, do? It's okay for leaders to say, here's what we think is right, here's what we think is wrong. Don't, don't worry about the code of conduct, things like that. Uh, the um, American public right now in a time of crisis is craving leadership from leaders. And we're craving humanity. Humanity does not come in the form of a tweet or an axe or whatever you call it, nor does it come in the form of a statement three days too late. And that's the problem I think that everybody awesome. can agree has mm -hmm. happened here. Representative Arbit, Matt Friedman, Dr. Ora Peskovitz, always great to see you three. Come back again sometime, hopefully for something much more pleasant than what we have to talk about in this world. Still ahead tonight, House Republicans taking a major step, launching an impeachment inquiry against President Biden over his family's business dealings. We're debating if it's a legit investigation or is this nothing but political revenge driven by former President Trump? That next. All right, my friends, back now on Let It Rip, tackling the big story on Capitol Hill this week, the impeachment inquiry launched into President Biden. I'm joined now by Sheila Cockrell with Citizen Detroit, a longtime politician here in the city of Detroit, a respected stateswoman, Oakland University political science professor Dave Dulio, a regular here on Let It Rip, and Republican State Senator Jim Runstead, who is no stranger to these red chairs either, uh, and he's no stranger to the red line when it comes to what people are saying on the Republican side about this particular impeachment inquiry. For the longest time when the shoe was on the other foot, we were talking about former President Trump, and the impeachment was a hoax and a scam and a sham and a witch hunt. Now the Democrats are saying, 
hey, man, we hear you. Same with us. Do you agree? No, that's not what they're saying. They're saying, uh, oh, uh, Trump, we had to depose him uh, because we had to have the time and we didn't want all the showboating. We had to uh, make sure he came in for a de uh, deposition and all of his people, uh, Donald Jr. had to come in twice for a deposition. Everybody's come in for a deposition except two uh, Trump advisors who uh, got charged and convicted. So now we have uh, Hunter Biden saying, I'm not coming in. And all the Democrats are behind him. Instead of saying, no, but we need to know the tens of millions of dollars that the Biden family has got over all these years, and the Justice Department slow rolled this thing for five years, and they come up with two little misdemeanors when all of the charges were supposed to be felonies. A whole slew I, of them. This I, is a, a two-tiered system. Total two I want to back up real quickly here. You're saying that uh, Hunter Biden is defying the subpoenas, yet we have evidence in 2019 that Trump actually ordered his aides to defy subpoenas and then defended it, saying this is a witch hunt and there's not enough evidence. Then what it's happened the to him? They but, went to jail. But they, my they, question they is, convicted. is it okay for one and not the other to defy a subpoena? He says, Biden says, I want this public and the Republicans are saying, let's do this privately. Why should it be private? It, it, number one, you, you can't do this publicly. You get one hour in committee, and everybody showboats, and nothing happens. That's why they do uh, depositions. And it is not the same. Those guys instantly were, were charged, those two uh, uh, individuals who, who did not um, uh, agree to the sure. deposition. Yeah. They will not charge Biden. But Hunter Biden is going to walk. They'll, they'll just say three years down we'll the road, about we'll, we'll have a charge. Sure. What ahead. I thought was the point of this segment was to talk about the effort by the Republicans to find some reason to uh, impeach President Trump. We're not talking about the we're not talking the Hunter Biden situation. So I think what we need to I think we should put in the context of what all of this um, this approach to politics as theater is doing to the very basic democratic structure of our country and what it is doing to the to the image of the United States all over the globe. We are beginning to look like. This is a two-bit operation where we have people just calling each other out and have and have literally accusations being suggested. We have the, the the crux of this argument is we're now going to figure we couldn't find anything out really to charge him with. So now we're going to have quote unquote an investigation to see if we can find something, even though I already know we can't. But let me ask That's you this: insane. If you have Sheila forty thousand pages of bank records that right now that the Congressional Investigative Committee has gathered, and they have interviews with people who are saying things that could be damning, you just let that go? No. no or do you be, look into you, it? No, no. If you've got a charge, make it. If not, why are you doing another inquiry? If you had all this stuff, you've been looking at it forever, you still don't have enough to do anything with it, so you've got to have now an official inquiry. It's political grandstanding that's, a, that's to be a dynamic around the, around the presidential campaign. Dave Dulio does go right down the middle, because I've heard him talk about both sides here when it comes to the red and the blue and the Trump and the Biden. The weaponization of congressional right. powers, is that all we're seeing here? It's certainly... Uh, Sure seems that way, right. and and I think uh, it is not whether or not uh, President Biden needs to be investigated. It, my concern lies with the institution and the uh, you know how things move forward. Right? If if we get into a tit for tat back and forth, you impeached our guy, we're going to impeach your guy. I, I think both sides have fair arguments to make about the veracity 
of each of the impeachments, right? Is I mean, this the I, way it's going to be for the rest of our lives, where if I you don't not, like the way I someone is operating their government, then you turn around and go ahead and impeach them? Because, Charlie, at some point here, look at Trump's situation. You have the two uh, impeachment counts. One was about uh, all the Ukraine stuff, about trying to hold back aid in order to get some information on Biden. The second time was the, uh, the alleged incitement of the insurrection. Is this the same with Biden? Are these equal charges in terms of weight? I, 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 maybe, I guess. Here's what I think. I think these legislators all want to be judges. And they are doing the job of what the Justice Department should be doing. That's a what joke. is the Congress? What is Congress doing with this? That's a they joke. make laws. They do, they do other things. They don't investigate people. With the intent of criminal, we want to. We want let the Justice Department do this thing. Real, and if real, it's crimes, here's, real, do here. it. Here's right. how this what? happened. Don't be a, they don't had, be a legislator. They have, run for judge. They didn't have run the votes. Ahead, the Republicans didn't have the votes for the last two two weeks. They didn't have the votes. He wants they, to be a they then too. they then heard the testimony of the whistleblowers. Who, by the way, the whistleblowers were told you're not to uh, talk about the big guy, which is Biden. You're not to talk about your dad. You're not to talk about any of the uh, computer um, uh, from. Uh, um, no Hunter's laptop. laptop. You're not to discuss any of that. And once they heard these, the testimony, the Republicans who were on the, the fence, they said, "All right, we're gonna, we're gonna agree to get the answers." Dave, That's Dave, all this so is. Dave, Dave, Charlie, Dave, Charlie, 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 here's your mistake, right? Thinking it as an attorney, right? Yeah. That this is not a, a, a legal proceeding. This is Correct. a political process. Correct. It was the same when, when it, the, it was the same what? when Trump was being impeached, right? It, it was. Right. It's a political process. Uh, impeachment for high crimes and misdemeanors is whatever the House of Representatives determines is a high crime and misdemeanor. So should I is say, it possible? Is it possible that, exactly right. that after <laughs> introducing the impeachment papers of President Trump, that Congress became a little bit more aware that they have the power to do this? After Clinton, we hadn't seen it. Perhaps other presidents, if you look at Bush and Cheney, maybe there could have been an investigation there. I mean, at some level, maybe these powers are rightfully theirs, yes. Well, the, to me, the, the issue is we're, we're, we're denigrating the significance of these kinds of charges. This used to, I mean, when Clinton was charged, that was a big deal. This this is now becoming, it's turning in, into political theater. We, you, we went after our guy, so we're going after your guy. And it's all, it, it is not about protecting the institutions of this country, the bedrock of democracy. We're losing our democratic culture and our democratic process, because we're in these all these back and forth. I can mix it up with anybody on the Republican side, but at the end of the day, we, in my opinion, need a healthy Republican Party, not a crazy Republican Party, in order to have a, the, the democracy but work. But would you say that Checks Adam Schiff balances. was just another is the <laughs> Democrat version of what you're talking about on the other side? Schiff was determined to build his career in Congress to go after Trump. That was his legacy. Well, he, well he, he, to me, he was building a case. My point oh, is, yeah. my, my, who's building this? This Comer guy's building a case? If it's a Democrat, they're building a case, right. and it's a Republican, they're destroying guy, the democracy. That's why we shouldn't be even doing this segment. This I know you said that. I've you told said you that. that to begin with. The, the, We're legitimizing this this mess. But we shouldn't is, be doing it. There's an authorized impeachment inquiry that's happening in Washington right now that we're responsible as a media to cover. We're not going to ignore it. We didn't with Trump. We won't with Biden. But my question to you is, look, when it comes to 
the Trump cases. You've been on the show, Senator Runstead, and you're like, there's nothing to it. And we said, well, there's smoke, there's fire. We should check. You're like, no. And in this case, you have less evidence than you had with Trump, who, by the way, the incitement of the insurrection, that charge, was on tape. That's, that's, did you hear what he said? Peacefully. He didn't say go in there and start uh, but rioting. The, but the he never but the said that. He never said Zelensky. that. There is way but more the here. There's way more here. The phone, conversations, one, one the phone conversations with Zelensky <laughs> that former President Trump had asking for information about Biden was on tape. That's evidence. It was right? on tape, and so, and so was Biden saying, I, they were getting close to investigating my son, so I held a billion dollars up until they fired the prosecutor going Wait, after so my son. Julio, that should have been investigated. On tape, do we use that, and is this then a legitimate investigation congressionally moving so, forward? Congress investigates stuff all the time, yeah. right? I mean, that, that's part of their oversight uh, responsibility that's in the Constitution. And, and it, so... But they get to make the rules, right? That's the thing about this. They get to make the rules about what is admissible, what is not admissible. It, it's a, it's their own rules. It's not a court so of law. So who survives this the best in terms of winning this next election? Biden versus oh. Trump. Who survives the, all the, the problems and impeachment issues that they've had? Sheila? I, I, I do not know who's going to win this because I don't know, we even know who's actually going to be in it mm -hmm. by the time we get to November. Maybe it's not Biden. Maybe it's somebody else. Huh? And, and maybe it's not Trump. Dave Dulio, these two guys going to be our final guys? It's sure the way it looks right now, but I think there's actually some political risk here for Republicans because right now, Joe Biden's on the ropes, right? He has got dismal approval ratings. The Democratic Party is divided right now over the issue that the last segment was about. Uh, he is the most vulnerable incumbent president we've had maybe ever, certainly in modern times. And I think that this might give Democrats an opportunity to rally around the president and actually bolster his approval rate. Senator Run said he's not wrong. It helped Trump, didn't it? The impeachment stuff. It uh, could help Biden. Uh, this this uh, entire thing. Number one is not an impeachment. Your listeners need to know that. It's what, an impeachment, what, what yeah, it's impeachment hearing to get to the bottom of this. And for five years, the Department of Justice mm -hmm. and the the IRS have been colluding to stop all this. I could sp spend all the rest We're of the show come back on that. On the other side of the break. But yes or no? Does this help Biden? This impeachment inquiry. Uh, it, it, it's going to be a, a non-factor because Hunter Biden will not be prosecuted for, for uh, denying the, uh, the subpoena like anyone else would We're going to be back on the other side of the break with some final thoughts after this. Right. Political theater or legit? We go to Senator Jim Runstead. Uh, it's uh, a case where Hunter Biden is going to deny the subpoena and he's going to walk. The Department of Justice is not going to prosecute. Uh, the Trump's son had to come in twice or they went and went after him. Two tiers of justice and that's what we're seeing. I've heard that before from somebody else as well and we're hearing it again. Dave Dulio? It's both. It's both. It, it is a legitimate uh, process that the House of Representatives can go through. Uh, it is also an opportunity, just like it was in other examples that we can talk about, uh, for uh, elected officials, politicians to play to their base and, uh, and, and ratchet up the rhetoric. Sheila, you didn't even want to come on to talk about this because you didn't like to legitimize it, but, <laughs> but your she's thoughts. She's so glad that she did. She's thrilled <laughs> that she's back. You have 15 seconds. Yeah, I just, I just, this is pure political theater. It is really unfortunate because what it does is it, disin it disincentivizes people from participating in the process. That shouldn't be what's happening in American democracy in 2024. John? Political, I agree. Political theater. Political theater. Whatever you call it, we have to cover it, and we will every step of the way. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Let It Red.